And we're going to read out of Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 16. And before we read it, this is Jesus speaking to the church of Laodicea. The church of Laodicea was a church that had a lot of money. They had all the material things, but they were struggling with the things of the Spirit of God. And they needed to be reminded on that occasion. And Laodicea translated means the voice of the people. You could even say that it's translated the voice of the flesh. And they were a church and a people that was led by the flesh instead of being led by the Spirit. How many are led by the Spirit of God here today? Amen. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. And Jesus comes with the word for them. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. He says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Those are strong words. Would you say not? Those are strong words to the church of Laodicea. And I'm just going to preach just for a little bit today with the help of the Holy Ghost on the title, Cold, Hot, or Lukewarm. Cold, Hot, or Lukewarm. The lukewarm Christian is someone that has enough of Jesus to satisfy their religion, but not enough of Jesus to have eternal life. That's the lukewarm Christian. You see, the lukewarm Christian, sadly, they're the most miserable people on the planet, really. They are. Why do I say that? Because the lukewarm Christian has too much of the world to have joy in their Christian life, but at the same time, they have just enough of Jesus that they can't really enjoy themselves out there in the world. And, you know, the lukewarm Christian, once again, they live a life that is miserable. They can't have joy in church. They can't have a good time out there. They live with, we can say, one foot in and one foot out. When they're out there doing things that they shouldn't be doing, things that are not pleasing to the Lord, maybe they go to the nightclub, maybe they'll go to a bar. Guess what happens? The Holy Ghost follows them into that place and keeps tugging at their heart. And even in those places, they can't have a good time. And what happens for the lukewarm Christian is that they live a life that has a guilty conscience constantly. They live guilty and they can't praise the Lord. They can't express themselves in God. They can't serve freely in the house of the Lord because they live with that guilty conscience. And, and the worst thing of all for the lukewarm Christian is that they know that the rapture of the church could occur at any second and when it does, they know that they're going to stay behind. So today, I'm just coming with the word I feel from the Holy Ghost. to Just try to help somebody reconnect a little bit. Amen? 
Is that all right? Just to realign yourself once again with the Holy Ghost. And we're going to look at this portion of Scripture a little bit. And we're going to, so that we can examine ourselves. Did you know that the Bible says to examine yourself? It says examine yourself, whether you're in the faith. It says test yourselves. So that what? So that we can determine today if we're living a cold, a hot, or a lukewarm spiritual life for the Lord. First, let's look at the cold. And I believe that the cold represents the unconverted. Those that have not yet given their lives fully over to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what's interesting is that in our text, the Lord explains to the Laodicean church that he'd rather they be cold or hot instead of lukewarm. And my question is, when I was reading this, I, 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 was, I was trying to figure out why would God prefer someone that is cold than somebody that's lukewarm? I believe that when a person, and this is the reason I believe that it is, that when a person is cold, a person is unconverted, but when that unconverted person comes to Jesus, it's kind of like drinking a cold glass of water on a hot summer day. When an unconverted person, somebody that's cold, decides, you know what? I want to serve the Lord for the rest of my life. Soul winners can tell you that there's nothing more refreshing when somebody gives their life over to Jesus Christ. Let me just... Let me speak a little to the unconverted that may be here this morning. Somebody that might be watching, by the way, of our YouTube channel as well. You have not yet given your life fully over to the Lord. You know you need Jesus. You know Jesus is coming back again very soon. How many know that Jesus is returning very soon? Everything that's taking place in the world today points to the fact that Jesus Christ is about to return. And you know that you need the Lord. And you've been coming to church and God has been speaking to you. I would even venture to say to those of you that have not yet fully given your life to the Lord, that you've even witnessed in your own life that God has been good to you even. That he's blessed you in certain occasions. That he's protected you throughout the years. But you still remain in that cold spiritual temperature. I do have to say that the cold will also miss the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church. The cold will also be lost. So I recommend to you today, my friend, come to Jesus. Come to him. Whether you're full of issues, whether you're full of problems, come to him. Whatever your condition may be, I am a witness, and I know there are many witnesses here today 
that can tell you that when they came to Jesus Christ and they gave their issues to the Lord, they gave those addictions to the Lord, they gave those problems to the Lord, you know what God did? He took them away from them and he gave them a brand new life. Don't stay in that cold condition. Turn your life to Jesus. What does that mean? It means that you got to repent. It means that you got to turn your back to this world. Repentance means just that. A change of direction. I'm walking one way. I'm going to decide to walk a different route now. I was walking towards the things of the world. I was walking towards a place that was called hell, really. But today, I'm going to change my mind, and I'm going to change my direction, and now I'm going to walk towards Jesus. Now I'm going to walk towards heaven. Now I'm going to walk towards salvation. That's repentance. And then... You can submit to being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Why do I have to do that, preacher? Isn't it good enough if I just come to an altar? Isn't it good enough if I just say a prayer and ask God for forgiveness? Well, the Bible teaches us that if you really want your sins to be washed away, to be forgiven, remitted. It says that that can only happen through the baptismal waters when you go down in the name of Jesus Christ because that's the name that forgives all sin. The Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody here today. And then he'll fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. So don't stay spiritually cold. Come to the Lord today now let's look at the hot the hot is the Christian that is totally in love they're totally in love and on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ that's the hot and let me give you some characteristics of this type of Christian for the hot nothing holds them back from praising the Lord. No trial, no storm, no devil in hell can stop the spiritually hot from raising their hands to heaven, opening up their mouth with praise, directing it to the King of Kings. Nothing holds the hot back from praising the name of Jesus. And I believe we have some of those here today that you're going through stuff. Yes, you're going through some trials. Yes, maybe you even sickness and disease. Nevertheless, you've came in with a song, amen, in your mouth, in your spirit, raising it to the Lord with your hands raised to heaven because you've made a choice and a decision that says nothing in this world is going to stop me from praising the Lord. The heart also delights and they find joy in serving within the kingdom of God. They love serving the Lord. They love finding their place in the church. 
and say, how can I serve the Lord? Why does the hot do this? Because the hot understands and says, God has been so good to me. God has blessed me. God has saved me. God is so good and he showers me with his blessings constantly. The very least that I can do is serve in his house. The very least that I can do is serve him with all of my heart and strength. Why? Because I'm grateful to the Lord for what he has done for me. And it's not a burden for the heart. It's, it's a delight to serve. It's a joy to serve. That's the heart. The heart for them also, giving to God's kingdom is part of their lifestyle. When it's time for tithing, the heart says, I'm here, pastor. When it's time for giving, when it's time for a special offering, uh, the heart say, this is part of my lifestyle. I'm going to give to God's kingdom, not out of obligation, not because somebody is forcing me to give, but I'm going to give because I'm grateful to God. Do we have any of those in the house of God right now? It's a delight also to give. It's a joy to give. It's a privilege to give. Praise God. That's the hot. For the hot, I'm just giving you some characteristics of the hot. It doesn't matter who's singing. It doesn't matter who's preaching. The hot are always going to get a touch from heaven. The hot are always going to get a word from the Lord. They're not poking their head. Out of, outside the church doors as they come in. Let's see who's singing today. Let's see who's preaching today. Well, Pastor Anthony's not behind a pulpit. You know what? I'm going to go home. No, the hot don't do that. For the hot, it doesn't matter who's behind the pulpit. They're going to extract something from the word. They're going to take something for their life. They're going to apply something that's being spoken out of the preaching and say, you know what? You got it right there, preacher. That one's for me. And they're going to get touched by God. Because it doesn't matter who's singing either. They recognize that they're not singing for me. They're singing for an audience of one, really. You see, the heart ain't saying, oh, that wasn't my song. You know what? Why, didn't the, why don't they sing that other song that's fast next time? Two slow songs in a row, Brother Jay? Can you give me something that I can move to a little bit? You see, the hot are not saying that. The hot are able to raise their hands, whether there be music or whether there be no music. They're able to connect with the Spirit of God. Why? Because they already come connected from their house. That's the hot. The hot have a passion. They have a burden for the lost. They delight to see souls coming to Jesus Christ. That's why the heart are always testifying. 
the heart are always sharing with people, you know what, Jesus loves you. They're always looking for an opportunity to open up their home, maybe do a Bible study at the workplace, at lunch, at the Starbucks. The heart have a burden to see lost souls come to Jesus. So they say, Lord, whatever you can do through me, I'm available for you. Use my life to bring people to your kingdom, Lord. You see, the heart understand that the business of the kingdom of God, it, what it really is, it's working with people. It's working with friends, families, loved ones. It's working with the brethren here together in unity. The hot understand that. And the hot, they're not gossiping. Praise the Lord, somebody. You got quiet right there. They're not gossiping. They're not bad-mouthing the pastor or anybody else because their words instead are positive. The hot are encouraging. The hot uplift people. Amen. When somebody comes with gossip to somebody that's hot, they say, you know what, I don't want to hear it. Because I don't want my spirit to get skewed in any way or me to have a different perspective of that person, of a gossip that's probably not even true anyways. You know what I'd rather do? Give them the benefit of the doubt and pray for them. And instead, I'm going to keep my eyes focused on Jesus. We tell the brethren in the Spanish congregation to not be eating tacos de pastor. Pero they might, but that they eat tacos al pastor. See, that's different. Pero don't be talking about the pastor at home. We don't got none of those here, right? No, we don't. Or the first lady. Praise the Lord. You know what was interesting to me when I was studying the life? Of Moses, when Miriam got in trouble, it wasn't really because she was talking about the pastor. She was talking about the pastor's wife. And the Lord had a deal with her. You see, the pastoral family, let me just take this opportunity to say this. The pastoral family is selected by God. Placed by God. And God uses them to lead the congregation. God speaks to them. And then they speak to us, not the other way around. You see, because the Laodicean church was a church that said, well, I'm going to tell the pastor what to do. I'm going to tell the pastor how to run things. Guess what? I got a vision too, pastor, and that's good. God does speak to, to you. I know he does. And God does give you vision as well. I know he does without a doubt. But the order of God is that we all submit under the order and, uh, amen, what God has established in his kingdom and let God bless us through the pastor. Amen. All right, I won't say no more about that. But that's the hot. And the hot 
never, they have a never give up attitude as well. No matter what they're facing. No matter what they're going through. It never crosses their mind. You know what? I'm going to stop serving the Lord. Uh, you, know, you know, this Christian living isn't for me. It isn't what I thought it was going to be. Because the hot no, that trials and the attack of the enemy is part of the package of the Christian lifestyle. You see, sometimes us preachers, we've messed up and we tell you, come to Jesus and all your problems are going to go away. You know, that's not found in the Bible anywhere. That's not. Sometimes when you come to Jesus, that's when problems start. Some of the colder saints say, that's why I don't give my life to the Lord. But you see, the difference is this. When you're in Jesus, you have a God to cry to. You have a God that will come and rescue you. You have a God, amen, that you can, amen, come to and say, Lord, I need you. And he'll come at the call of his name and he'll save you from your situation. But the heart say, you know what, no matter what comes my way. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep serving the Lord. I'm going to keep praising God because I've made a decision to serve the Lord for the rest of my life. And I echo the words of our pastor. If God never blessed us again, here's this. Here's the question. Would you still move forward in Christ? You see, because God has done really enough for us. He has. He shed his blood on the cross. He died. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. He's, give us, he's given us the Holy Ghost. He's given us his name. He's given us so many blessings. What if God decided today, you know what, that's it. No more for you. Now, we know that's not the case. But what if, would you still say, God, I'm with you all the way till the end? You see, the heart will say, I'm going to serve him no matter what. Can somebody say, praise the Lord? The heart, instead of getting filled with the things of this world, they're getting filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Do we have any hot Christians in the building today? Praise the Lord. But let me touch now on the lukewarm. The lukewarm Christian are those that find themselves between two extremes. They're neither cold nor hot. But they find themselves at a spiritual temperature, lukewarmness, a spiritual temperature that carries dire consequences unless they change. The Lord says, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So the question is, how did these Christians become lukewarm? Perhaps at one time they were hot. At one time they were on fire for the things of God, but then they cooled off. You know, I've come to realize in my Christian life that I can't afford to cool off. I can't. 
Because once you cool off, it's not that easy to get on fire again. You got to work at it to come back. That's why it's hard for the backslider to come back. It's not that easy for them to just show up and say, I'm going to come back today. There's a lot of obstacles that they got to overcome to get back to Jesus. It's not that the Lord is holding them back. No way. The Lord has open arms for the backslider. But once you cool off, it's not that easy. And the heart have cooled. These are the lukewarm Christians that have cooled off. And they say, you know, I didn't have to be so extreme. And somebody might have told them, you know, you're just a fanatic. Always praying. Always reading your Bible. You don't even want to have fun with us. And, and you see, but it's not that the Christian doesn't have times where we take vacation. Of course we take vacations. Of course we take times and have wholesome entertainment, right? That's important. Those things are good. But at the same time, your spiritual temperature has to remain on high. Constantly. Ready. Constantly. Amen. Able to hear God's voice. God's direction. Constantly ready in case today is the day that the Lord comes back. Or... Today is the day that it's our last day on earth. I know we don't want to talk about death. And I wasn't planning to. And I'm going to tell you right now, this message, the rest of this message, you're not going to be jumping around and I know that. And it's okay. But we just performed a, we just officiated a funeral just last Friday of a, of a young, of a, I'll still say he's a kind of young man, early 40s who was baptized in Jesus' name, who got the Holy Ghost, who was a member of PFAC. And then because of problems and because of the attack of the enemy, he decided, said, this isn't for me anymore. And although when he was on his deathbed, and we went and prayed for him. And he was no longer verbal. He was conscious. Or he was able to acknowledge. And we prayed with him and tried to help him come to a place of repentance. I can only hope he got there. Because there's no guarantee. I don't know. And the family, of course. God bless them. You know, we want to comfort them at funerals. But we can't put people in heaven and we can't put people in hell. You know why? Because it's up to us as individuals to stay on fire for God. And his day came. And I pray that he was ready, that he was able to get his heart right with the Lord. But the lukewarm, they were hot, but then they cooled off. Or... After salvation, they never warmed up to the spiritual temperature of hot. They came in through the door 
which is Jesus Christ. They went through the baptismal waters. They were born again of the water and of the spirit. But then once they went through the door of Acts 2.38, they stayed at the door of Acts 2.38. Instead of going out and seeking and exploring the green pastures that God has for every believer that is born again. And they got comfortable where they were and stagnated and became lukewarm. This is the lukewarm Christian. And you guys are getting quiet. Then it get a little more quiet. But at the end, I pray God align somebody here today. She They stagnated. You see, and then what happens when you stagnate? You begin to feed the flesh. This is the lukewarm. You begin to feed the flesh instead of feeding the spirit. You got comfortable where you're at. You say, I'm good, pastor, right here. I don't have to do anything else. And nobody is saying you have to do anything. Really, one more time. It's up to us. Amen. Salvation is individual. And my spiritual temperature is going to be up to me. Not up to anybody else. What I decide to do for God. My Christian life before the Lord. It's all going to be by me deciding what I want to do. And that's why I, Brother Rusi, I got to constantly, amen, remind myself and align myself. Don't get comfortable. Don't stay in one place. You got to keep moving. Don't stagnate. Don't be somebody that just comes and goes and just stays where they're at. No, you got to keep moving with the flow of the spirit because you don't want to get comfortable. I say that to myself. I'll talk to myself. I'll look at the mirror and say these things to myself. And what happens when you do this, when you stagnate and you become lukewarm, the lukewarm will begin to use, use the grace of God for a license to sin. And this is the thing. Sometimes us here at the church, we won't even know it. Let me come down here. Because your public life might seem on fire. Your public life might seem victorious. But in private, that's where only you and God are. And I don't want to be a Christian that I have a victorious public life. But in my private life, I'm defeated. In my private life, I have no prayer. In my private life, I have no Bible reading. In my private life, I'm doing things and looking at things that I shouldn't look at. And that people found out, wow. I don't want to be publicly, everything's all right. But privately, totally defeated. You know why? Because then everything in public will not matter. 
I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to somebody right here. That's how you get those Pentecostals, apostolics, in Matthew chapter 7, that cast out demons, prophesied, did many miracles in the name of Jesus, and they were like, Jesus, open up the heaven's gates. I'm coming in, and I'm going to walk on streets of gold. And Jesus said, hold on a second. Yeah, you cast out demons, and you prophesied, and you, amen, did many miracles. You had a tremendous public life, but in private, I never knew you. In private, I have no idea who you are because you never took the time to know me. You never took that private time to call on me. You never took that private time to get in my word. You can have it going on publicly, but privately, that's where it really matters. And you know, there are Christians that in private, they're victorious, and that's how we should be, victorious in our private lives. And sometimes those victorious Christians in their public life, you know, they're not superstars in the church all the time. But you know what? That doesn't really matter because their private life is in line. And you know what they do? They still move forward. They still serve and they still give and they still win souls. And you might not even know their name, but Jesus knows their name. That's why I got to say, you know what? It doesn't matter who knows my name. It doesn't matter if I'm, you know, popular. None of that matters. What really matters is if God knows me, if I have that intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ and in my private life, I'm on fire for God. You know what God is trying to do? Some, to a lukewarm Christian here, he's trying to set a flame in you today. This is a lukewarm. And unfortunately, the lukewarm Christian will stay behind so what's the remedy for lukewarmness I'm going to finish with this and I'm going to ask one of the musicians to come up the remedy for lukewarmness it's found in Revelation 3.18 and first Jesus tells them I counsel you and I'm going to see if you can put that verse up Revelation 3.18 put it up here so we're going to follow it here this is the remedy for lukewarmness I counsel you. That's what he says first. In other words, he's like, I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to command you. I'm going to counsel you. Why does the Lord counsel us? Because, again, it's up to us. And the Lord says, if you want to come out of lukewarmness and you want to be on fire for me, it's really going to be up to you. I counsel you. And then he says to buy from me. Why? Because it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you. You know what it's going to cost you? Death to the flesh. It's going to cost you repentance. And you see repentance. We talked about it a little bit here in this message already. But repentance is something for whatever reason. Christians somehow, I don't know why, are kind of scared of that word. Scared of the term. 
repent me, Brother Rusi? I, I'm good. I, I don't have to repent. And guess what? We all have to repent. In reality, you know, we should be living a repented lifestyle. Not that we're constantly sinning out there. No. Not saying that. But you have an attitude that says, Lord, I want to live right. I want to live for you. I'm not perfect. And God doesn't call you to be perfect. But he calls us and he says, just align yourself with me. Repent. I was talking to Elisha this morning. He wants to get baptized. So does Gabriel. And I, told, I was trying to help Elisha understand repentance. And I said, what's repentance to you? And he says, saying I'm sorry. That's part of it. But repentance goes beyond just saying you're sorry. Because our prisons are filled with people saying, I'm sorry, judge. But there's no change. Repentance, yes. Part of it. Yes, Lord, I'm sorry. But the main part of it is, I'm not going to live that way anymore. And that's what God wants. And he said it's going to cost you. Because you're going to have to die to the flesh daily. And then he says you're going to have to buy gold refined in the fire. Gold. When it was put in fire, it would become, some theologians say, transparent. And God is wanting a transparent life. Meaning, the person you are in your public is the person you are in your private life. That, that you're one in the same. And we're transparent. God, you know me. And I'm the same person with you in private that I am in public with the brethren. I'm transparent. But the only way you can get transparent is if you find yourself constantly in the fire of the Holy Ghost. And the altar is a good place to get on fire for the Holy Ghost. And there's an altar here today. But you got to have an altar at your house as well. And I got to have an altar wherever I go. Maybe your altar you have at a morning walk with the Lord. That's just fine. Maybe your altar is that morning jog. Or maybe your altar is that time of prayer in the morning, in the afternoon, or at night. Maybe your altar is that time that you're driving and you're just connecting with the Lord. But you gotta have an altar in your life to stay constantly in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Why? So that we stay transparent. Because if I'm not transparent, then I become a hypocrite. That's the definition of it. So you see, you gotta get in the fire, and there's a fire here at this altar today. And he says, and you're gonna also have white garments that you might be that you may be clothed you know what that represents holiness god makes us holy 
because he fills us with his Holy Spirit and then he separates us unto himself. He chose you from the world. He saved you. Put his spirit in you and then he aparts you unto him. Amen. He takes you unto him. Separates you unto himself in holiness. But holiness, there's a cooperation as well. Because God does his part, but then I got to do mine. Where I got to constantly fight against the influences of this world. Against the influence of the flesh. I got to constantly fight the things that are that the enemy is trying to bombard me with because he doesn't want me to be holy he doesn't want me to be different and when you are holy you will be different in your holiness you'll talk different you'll walk different you'll look different you'll even dress different you won't do other things that people do out there in the world. You won't even do other things that other people in church do. Because you're holy. And then he finishes it off. He's giving them the remedy for lukewarmness. But before he gives them that final thing, he also says that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. In other words... If you don't change, eventually everything's going to come out to the light anyways. You know what that tells me? Repent while I can. Change while I can. Get aligned with the Holy Ghost while I can. Because eventually everything's going to come out anyways. And when it does, And he finishes it off. And he says, anoint your eyes with eye salve. That you may see. And eye salve was a medication that was given for the eyes. But the primary ingredient in eye salve was bread. And bread represents the word of God. So we could apply it this way and say, put the word of God to your eyes. Read it. Apply it to yourself. And you will come out of a lukewarm state. And why does God do this for the Laodicean church? Why does he rebuke them? Why does he correct them? Why does he give them this remedy for lukewarmness? Why? Because he loves them. And he finishes it off in Revelation 3, 19 through 20. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You see, I used to think that verse was just for unbelievers. No, it's for the church. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and him with me. The question the Holy Ghost has given us here today is who wants to be on fire for him?
who wants to be that hot, spiritually temperatured hot Christian? Those of you that want to be hot, I'm going to ask you to come to this altar right now.